Well, hey, everybody, how's it going this morning? Good? Man, I hope you are glad that you're here this morning because, man, I just really believe coming together here, believing God is good. He is here. I think his presence is here, and I'm just so glad uh, that we are in this place with him this morning. And this is just a great, has this been a great place to be so far? All right, good, man. Let's just keep that going. And I want to say a big hello to those of you who are watching online. You can't be here for some reason uh, or another. Uh, and I'm praying that you could get here with us uh, sometime soon. And if you're living way out uh, somewhere else, I hope and pray that you find a church wherever you may be. Just glad you're watching. Well, we are two weeks away from Thanksgiving, everybody. Can you believe this? I love Thanksgiving. Who loves Thanksgiving? I love Thanksgiving. I'm excited for that. I love the food. Uh, my favorite part is pie. I don't know about you, like that's, I just like, just, I just love pie. So I thought uh, we would do a little uh, trivia this morning, because I know everybody loves trivia. And uh, so you can play against your partner if you want. And so I found a survey done, uh, believe it or not, it's a three-year survey. Somebody got paid to do this for three years, and it's the top five consumed pies at Thanksgiving. Are you ready for this trivia game? You can bet somebody lunch on this, okay? So we're going to go from one to five, because number one is really easy, right? Number one is, of course, pumpkin pie. And that's number one. There's pumpkin pie. Now you're going to get all hungry, right? So that's pumpkin pie. Now it's going to get a little tricky. Now you're going to try, now you got to try to figure out what number two, what do you think number two is? What do you think? All right, just, just give your answer. Give your, all right, here's whatever you think. You know, you might want to keep it to yourself a little bit. I don't know. Number two is pecan, pecan pie. Do you say pecan or pecan? What do you say? Pecan. All right. Now it's now the, 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 the options are becoming more and more limited. Now, what do you think number three is? What do you think it is? All right, man, you're excited. I don't know about doing this. The message isn't going to be this exciting. All right, number three is apple pie. That's number three on Thanksgiving. Number four is, is a little tricky. Uh, so you're, again, you're running out of options here. There's just a few left. So here's number four. Number four is sweet potato pie. Raise your hand if you've never had sweet potato. I've never even tried it. Oh, uh, yeah, I I kind of want to try it now. All right, now this is the last one. This is where you wanna, might, might want to bet lunch. There's a lot left, and so you got to figure out what, which one is number five. Is it this? Is it that? What's your guess on the fifth one? What do you think it is? It is chocolate. Chocolate is number five. There you go. Now, Thanksgiving is next week. All right, everybody? It's, it's a week after this week. And, and you can eat all the pie you want. You can eat everything, but it's got to wait a week because hopefully all of you are participating with me on the beans and rice challenge, right? We're not eating pie this week. We are eating beans and rice, right? I hope that you all get in on this with us, okay? This is a great thing to do. Uh, it's challenging. I want you to get in on this. I, when you get the handouts, I want you to just push yourselves a little bit to eat cheap. Eat as cheap as you can on your grocery budget. Bring that grocery budget that you have left over in so we can give those uh, two great organizations and so we can be generous to them. So pick up that sheet. We're going to be putting stuff on Facebook for beans and rice. And then after that, you can eat all the pie you want, okay? Just no pie this week. Bean pie doesn't count, okay? Actually, it could count. I don't know. Eat bean pie, whatever you want to do. Hey, uh, we're in a series. We got to get moving. We're in a series uh, where we're asking the question, what's your problem? And what we're doing is we're looking at real problems that people have in life. And, and we're trying to look and see what God has to say uh, about these problems because we don't want to let these things take over or take control of our lives. And so this week, uh, we're in week two of this, we're gonna be looking at a problem that I think is one of the most common problems that everybody is going through. In fact, it is so common that I'm gonna put up a phrase here and I guarantee that most of you can fill in this blank and it's this, it's I don't have what? Time. I don't have time. You know, I need to work out but I don't, I don't have time, right? Like I know we should probably sit down and eat instead of eating at the pace we're eating. Like we should actually eat better, but we don't have time, 
right? Like, I know I need to read the Bible more. I know we should probably go on more date nights, but, but who has the time? You know, there are 44 days until Christmas. I don't have time. Like, I don't have time to even think about that, right? I don't have time. I really know I should. I know things would be better if. I wish I was able to, but I don't have the time. Right now, uh, for Courtney and, and myself in our household, this is the message for us that we need right now in our lives. We made some decisions here uh, that we need to you know, kind of talk about this because we made a huge uh, decision in the last month where Courtney actually went to full-time work. So we've been blessed uh, over the last five years that Courtney's been able to stay home with the kids. And so now we're kind of in a different season where our oldest is now in four-day-a-week school. And uh, we just feel like she was called to go back into full-time work. And so a month into this, we are finding out that the things that were pretty easy to do in our rhythm are not as easy. Uh, they're a little bit more challenging, all our to-dos and the things that we got to get done and all that stuff. So we need to figure things out. Like we need to look uh, and make some adjustments with our schedule. We got to look. So this message is for me. This is what I need to be thinking about in our yeses and our noes and all that stuff. Because here's what I'm going to tell you, gang. Here's what we need to think about wherever we are in this life. You see, because gang, here's the thing that Courtney and I know. What we know is that we need to find that space. What space am I talking about? We need to find that no matter what we do and where we got to drop Henry off and, and get, pick up Roxy here and get all that stuff done and, and then home group there and church stuff that we got to get all that stuff taken care of, that there needs to be space in between our to-dos and the limits that we have, that there needs to be that space because in that space, everybody, this is why you want to chime in and listen, in that space is where we experience the real life that we want to have, the stuff that we work for, the stuff that we're going after. And here's what I'm going to tell you. If we're not intentional about that, if we're not sitting down and talking about that, that space will absolutely get taken over by the things that we have to do and it'll push us to the limits of our life. And here's what I know. I know that for some of you right now, you heard what I just said about Courtney going back to work and that pace we have. You wish you had that kind of schedule, right? You're like, yeah, I wish I had that, Andy. I got, like my life is just a whole big, in fact, your life and your schedule and what you gotta do with the kids and legs and practices and, and stuff and you wish you ate dinner. Like your life actually probably looks more like what this looks like right here, Okay. And right now, like some of you are really bothered just looking and you're like, tell me where that address is. I'll start today, Andy. I'll start right now. Like, and some of you are like, what? That's what basements are for. Like, that's what, that's what, 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 what else are basements for? Uh, but this for a lot of you is what your life really looks like. And the point is this, here's my point, everybody. It's okay for your basement to look like this. I know for some of you it's not, but it's okay for your attic or your garage to look like this. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not okay for your life to look like this. And here's the bottom line today. This is what I wanna talk about. All of us have limits. We all have limits. Now, here's what I wanna say. They're, they're different, for, different for everybody. Like everybody has different ones, but the bottom line, the thing that we wanna look at is that we have the thing in common where we could find is we all do have a limit. And there is a point to where you are redlining that limit so much in your life with all the schedule stuff, all the things you gotta do so much and so often. And yes, there are gonna be times in your life where you do have to redline, but I think so many of us live our entire life on that redline, on that limit, that you're actually gonna find that if you keep living that life and you don't create that space, if you're not intentional about it, at some point, you're absolutely gonna stop enjoying your life. And that's why we're gonna talk about it. And, and you know this, like some of you know this, I don't even have to tell you this, that when you live in a way where you don't have that space, what goes up? Your stress level goes up. Your stress level is through the roof when you're living your life on the limit. That's not, that's not how God wants you to live. And you know that, that when you're living your life constantly on that line, constantly on that red line, that your focus can't go anywhere else except just putting out fires and triaging this and, oh, I gotta do this. And you can't even give all your energy to whatever you're doing. And you stop enjoying your life. And you're gonna end up, the, the, the things you really think you are going after that actually should bring you life, it's actually sucking the life out of you and your marriage and your family and, and all that stuff. And so that's why, and, and you know, I know the pushback. 
I know the pushback. Like the pushback, and I know some of you are saying, yeah, I know, Andy, like I'm overscheduled, I'm busy right now, and the things are crammed with stuff, but, but it's just a season, right? It's, things will slow down eventually. Or, you know, just right now, maybe that's not, maybe in my stage of life where I don't have kids or, or we're kind of empty nesters, like I can actually bury myself in this right now. I don't think our marriage will take that much of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really dedicate just right now for this time, and, and it's just a season. Or, you know, for a lot of you right now, like you're single, right? Or, or maybe you don't have kids, you don't have a lot of stuff. And here's, here's what your deal is. And you know this, like you just can't say no to anybody or anything. You just constantly saying yes. And you're like, I know, I know. And it's like really crazy. Everybody taking advantage of my free time. But it'll slow down eventually. I'll slow down sometime. And I hear you, like I really do. Like, and I know for some of you right here this morning, it is just a season. It really is. But for some of you, not all of us, some of us, you know this. You just haven't admitted out loud. Maybe this isn't just a season thing then maybe this is just your life. And without actually being intentional about something, this is the way your life's gonna be for the rest of your life, that you don't see an end. And this actually has more to do with your identity than you actually want to admit, that this is your identity. This is going out, and, or you look around and you see everybody doing all this stuff, you, get all so much, you see them spending their time here, spending their money there, spending their, 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 doing the stuff with their kids here, there. And then there's just like this fear thing coming in where you're like, well, if I don't then, and I'm afraid that, and, and man, if I don't, I'm not gonna keep up, and you know, I'm afraid they'll miss out, I'll fall behind. Fall, be, fall behind who? Like fall behind what? And, and so I want to ask some of you, again, not all of you, uh, you know, have you considered that maybe this is just your life? That this, this pace, this, this life, living life to the limit and running out the door and not ever sitting down for dinner, I could go on and on that this is just your life. And without an intentional plan, it's not going to stop when that next promotion comes. It's not going to slow down once that lig is over because you know there's another lig that's coming right down the pipe then that maybe, I'm just saying for some of you, maybe you need to talk about it. Maybe you need to have a family meeting about this. Maybe you don't want this to invade the limits of your life so much because you, you don't see this. And what I'm going to say is all this is going to go down where something is going to fall apart eventually. Something's gonna, you're not gonna be able to sustain this pace of life. And the truth is, here's the truth for everybody, no matter where you are in this pace of life, like whatever pace you're on, whatever you know, uh, capacity you have in whatever stage of your life in, this is why we all need to listen on this. Here's the point, we all need space, everybody. We all need that space between what we're doing and the limit that we have. And here's the deal, this is why I'm talking about it in church. Some of you are like, why are we talking about uh, this in church, about creating space and margin in my life? Here's what I'm gonna tell you. I don't know if you thought about this, but this is way more of a spiritual issue than most of the things going on in your life. Did you know that? That your ability to create space and not live in life on the edge and not live in, in a fear of missing something more is actually more of a spiritual issue than a lot of other things in your life because at some point, what's true, this is what's true, what comes in play, listen to me, in the space between your to-dos and your limit is a matter of faith. Did you know that? It's a matter of faith. It's a ma- there, is a, there is a measure of trusting something that God says. And we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna be in a couple places in the Bible. Trusting who God is and what he says in order to create and live a life with this word that I think someone's margin. Like there's something spiritual about living life with margin because believe it or not, I'm gonna tell you something. God's will for you is to not be so overscheduled and so overspent that you're going crazy. I promise you that's not God's will for your life. I promise you that God's will is not that you're so depleted and worn out that you don't have anything else to give to, your, to the people who matter to you most and the things that you actually are saying matter to the most in your life where you're just giving everything and everybody the leftovers of your life. So, so what is God's will for your life? If that's not what God's will is, Andy, then what is it? Well, here it is. I wanna show you something really quick. This is, I love this scripture. Here's what it says in Thessalonians. It says, always be joyful. How's your joy going nowadays? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful. 
Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. That that you should have this this place where you can just get to a point where you go, man, this is great. I love this life. This life is good. And yes, we're on a pace and we got to get busy. But that I have this margin in my life where I can just stop and think and be grateful and be praying and thankful for all of the things that are happening in my life. That's God's will for your life. Did you know that? It's right there. This is God's will for you who are in Christ Jesus. You know what I'm going to tell you? This is because I know. Here's what I know. That, that for me in my life, I'm not really able to be these things if I'm so overscheduled where I can't even slow down enough in my life to even think about the stuff that God wants for my life. So, so there are a lot of verses to talk about. This is a very spiritual thing. This is why we're gonna talk about it today. This is why we talk about it a lot in church because I think we just let this life such on the limit that I think we actually missing what really matters. Uh, there's a verse that I love because it's all over the Bible about our time and our schedule. This is Psalm 90. I love what this says. It says, so teach us, teach us. We need to learn. We're not just gonna know this automatically. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I wanna be wise, God, in the days that I have, in the days that I have left, in the days that I have ahead. I wanna be wise, so teach me, God, in this. So that's what I need to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about today. I think I want that for my life because Courtney and I, like I say, we're going through this right now. We need to sit down and say, all right, God, like we got to figure this out. We got to figure this scheduling out because we want that space in our life. Actually, found a video that might help some of us. Uh, So let's just watch this together and we'll come back out and talk for a minute about our days. These are roughly 28,835 jelly beans. I counted out 500 of them and used those to weigh the rest. In this pile, there's one jelly bean for each day that the average American will live. You might have more beans in your life, or maybe less, but on average, this is the time we have. Here's a single bean. It's your very first day. A special day, but kind of a rough day on everyone involved. Add 364 more and you have the first year of your life. Now, for a sense of scale, here are your first 15 years. 5,475 days which brings us to the threshold of adulthood. And at that moment, this is the time that we have left. And this is, on average, what we will do with all that time. We will be asleep for a total of 8,477 days. If we're lucky, some of that time we'll be sleeping next to someone we love. We will be in the process of eating, drinking, or preparing food for 1,635 days. We'll be at work, hopefully doing something satisfying for the equivalent of 3,202 of those days. 1,099 days will be spent commuting or traveling from one place to another. Maybe a little bit more if you live in LA. On average, we will watch television in one form or another for a total of 2,676 days. Household activities like chores and tending to our pets and shopping will take another 1,576 days and we will care for the needs and well-being of others, our friends and family, for 564 days. We'll spend 671 days bathing, grooming, and doing all other bathroom-related activities, and another 720 days will go to community activities like religious and civic duties, charities, and taking classes. After we remove all those beans, this is what remains. This is the time that we have left. Time for laughing, swimming, making art, going on hikes, text messages, reading, checking Facebook, playing softball, maybe even teaching yourself how to play the guitar. So what are you going to do with this time? How much of it do you think you've already used up? If you only had half of it, what would you do differently? What about half of that? How much time have you already spent worrying instead of doing something that you love? What if you just had one more day? What are you going to do today? 
So we gotta have a plan. There's gotta be some room. There's gotta be some margin that we create that we have to be intentional about in our lives to really make, I believe, our lives matter for what we wanna go after and for who God wants us to be. We gotta figure this out, gang. And I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'm gonna challenge those of you out here because I know not everybody here is, but if you are a follower of Jesus, I wanna challenge you to consider that this is a way more spiritual issue. It's a matter of faith that in order to lead this life of faith, in order to live a life of joy that we just looked at, of thankfulness and, and prayerfulness that God has for you, you have to put intentional space in your life. And it takes a matter of trust to do that. It's just not just going to naturally happen. And we're going to take a look at a couple places to see what we need to do, to, to see where we need to ask some questions, to see if we, if we need to have a family meeting or not on this and, and let God help us create this space that I believe is so vital, so vital in living the life that God wants us to live. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. We're going to be in one place this morning. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians. Go ahead and grab those and open up to Ephesians 5. And I'm going to take a look at this. These three verses that we're going to look at, uh, I I think have the most concise and, and one of the deepest levels of understanding in the days that we have and what we got to do with our time. And I think it's just something that God is going to invite you to do. And I just want to look at it, ask some questions. Uh, and that's all we're going to do. We're just going to break the scripture down for the rest of the time uh, and see what God is inviting to do. And here's my hope. My hope is that we see some things that you need to do or stop or think about and ask your spouse or your family about, and then make some real changes to be going towards a life that God wants you to do. Is everybody up for that? All right, let's go ahead. Ephesians 5, hopefully you made your way there. Let's see if this helps. He starts in verse 15. Here's what it says. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, so let's break this down a little bit. And again, here's what I wanna tell you. Here's my goal for you. My goal is to not tell you what you're doing wrong. That's, that's not, again, we all have different kind of, but my goal is not to take a look and judge your calendar or judge your to-dos or how many things your kids are doing. Uh, that's not my goal today. Again, we all have different limits. We all have different capacities. But if you're here, and, and here's what I'm gonna tell you, if you feel a little strain going on, you feel like there's a little bit of stress going on in your marriage and your family and your kids and your schedules and all that stuff, that your life is too close on that limit uh, on a consistent basis. And my hope is that you see something we're about to talk about in those verses right there that God wants you to work on or talk about with your spouse or your family or yourself. So I hope you can write these down. Uh, they're pretty practical, but they're right out of scripture. So, hey, if this doesn't apply to you, we looked in the Bible and you're blessed by that anyway. So there you go. I win-win. Win-win for me, all right? So here's the first thing and it says to do. It's straight out of there. It says, look carefully if you're taking notes. Look carefully that you need to, to investigate. You need to take an inventory of your time. You need to scrutinize it. You need to actually really focus in and investigate what you're doing. B best way that I think we should do this, and I don't think a lot of us do this actually. I think we, we do this financially, but I don't think we really do this with our time. I think the best way to do this is take a week or two or maybe a month and keep a time journal of your life. Because I don't think we really do know where our time's going or how much we're really spending. So keep track just like you would with how you spend money. Keep track on all your time, how it's spent to the minute. I'm telling you right now, if you do this challenge right here, you will actually understand how to look carefully at your time. And here's what I think you're gonna find. You know this, you're gonna be really surprised about where some of your time is going and how much time is being spent on some of this stuff. This is what Paul's saying to do. This is what he's saying, because he's saying, you're gonna find pretty quickly there are things that you should be doing that are worth it. And there are some things, everybody, that you should probably be talking about. There are some things you're like, ooh, I, I didn't know that. So, uh, because if you're taking notes, here's the first thing, that I, the little note in, in one of these notes here is because I cannot create more time. All I could do is spend it differently. 
Like, I don't know, if you found that magic pill where you could create more than 24 hours in a day, you let me know, but I can't create more of it. All I can do is spend it differently. So here's the first question. I'm gonna ask a question in each one of these to challenge us if those, if those of us who are there. And here's what I wanna ask you. you, and you don't need to just know this or think this. You need to really understand and know where this is. And here's the question. Do you know, do I know where all my time is really going? I mean, do I really honestly know where all my time is going? So look carefully. Here's a second idea from this uh, to make this the best use of our time, that we gotta make the best use of our time. Uh, the phrase in here, the Greek for this phrase uh, is actually to redeem. Some of your translations actually says redeeming the time. That's what it says in some of your translations. Uh, here's what redeem means. To redeem actually means that you, to buy something back, that you are buying something back. You are redeeming that. We actually use that word redeem uh, when we talk about Jesus and what he did uh, for those of us who are in Christ and for, for the whole world, that, that he came to die for our sins and he redeemed our life with his death. He bought back back our life with his death on the cross. His death redeems us, so it buys back our life. So how do you uh, redeem time? How do you buy back time? Well, if you're taking notes, this is something to write down. Again, I know you know this. This isn't rocket science, but this is just straight, straight from the Bible and what we got to think about. Here it is. Uh, what I do uh, repeatedly will eventually become a habit. Just something to think of. And, and I'm going to add this, good or bad, Okay, good or bad. What I do on repeat will eventually become a habit, good or bad. And here's the good news I'm gonna tell you. This is the great news. You actually have some control on some of the things that you do on a repeated basis, don't you? You actually do have some control on what you can do repeatedly. And here's what I think we get a little off. So I wanna talk about this. I wanna ask you a question. Can you name the top time-deserving things in your life right now? Can you, and, and if you looked at your spouse or your family and you all would agree, these are the top six things that we are actually making a priority in our life because we know that over time, those pay off and, and have big results. Can you as a family, can you as a married, have you ever sat down and said, these are the top five things, these are the top six things. What are the things that you know make the best use of our time? Again, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. If you, if, you know, because here's what I'm gonna tell you. What are the things that if you were to ask God, God, what is the best use of my time? And he would answer, well, here it is. Here, here's your list. This is what it is. And, and here's what I'm gonna uh, challenge you a little bit. Maybe you know him, but does your spouse. Maybe you know him, but does your family. And, and here's what I'm gonna challenge you. Only when you're really doing it repeatedly over time, you see, that's when you're proving that it's actually a priority. The total investment over time is what produces your results. So I'm gonna tell you this right now. You need to recognize power in your priorities. You need to recognize that there is power in naming them and understanding them as a family and as a group and as a person, your power. Because here's the thing I'm gonna tell you. If, if you don't know or go after what your values are, what your true values are, you know what you're gonna end up doing? You're just gonna end up making decisions, just reacting to life instead of really truly thinking about your life. All you're gonna be doing is just reacting to the things that come when you actually don't say, These are, this is it, this is what we're saying yes to, and that's that, therefore we're saying no to other things. So you know, maybe for you, some of your top values are, are God. God is the top value in my life. That's number one value in my life, that I'm gonna go after God every time. First, first part of my thing, that's, that's me, God. Maybe it's going after a great marriage, and you're like, well, in order to get there, I gotta say no to some other things. Maybe for some of you right now, it's, it's, it's your sobriety. That you know as a family, you know as a per, that that's what I'm going after. Maybe it's being home more. Like that's what we gotta get after because we know that being home together is a big deal. Maybe it's eliminating debt. You just, the point is you gotta know what they are. So here's a question again, just a question to think about. Do you know the top five or six priorities in your life? And are you proving that by spending your time there? You gotta make the best use of your time. And then what you get to do is you get to look at that and compare what you did, just did for number one. You're like, well, we know the inventory because we took the inventory. Does that match up with the five or six things that we're saying? When, when I say church, when I say God, does that match up with the time I give? When I say great marriage, does that match up with the amount of date nights 
we're taking, all that stuff. So look carefully, make the best use of our time. Third idea here is don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. I, I would love to spend like 20 minutes on this, but I don't think I need to, okay? Uh, here's what it means. Don't be foolish with your time. Like, don't, here's the, I'm gonna tell you this right here. That just if you wanna write this down. Foolish time has no results, okay? But here's the thing about foolish time. Did you, do you know what the thing is about it? It's really fun. It's so fun. And you know why I know? Because I know. Like, I love it. It's great. It's really fun. I love having foolish time. And it's not that there's no benefit to foolish time. There, there is some, some benefit that, to that. But I'm telling you, if you spend all your time, all your spare time doing these foolish things, then I think that you're going to find that you're not going to be going after what truly matters. Like, I love TV. I'm okay to tell you that. I love watching TV. I'll binge watch sometimes. I love watching sports and all that stuff. And it's not foolish to say that. That's why I could tell you that's kind of the thing. That's my thing that I like to do. But it's wrong. And it's not wrong to do that. But here's when it's wrong. It's wrong when TV takes over the things that really over time where the results really matter. And, I'm, and that's kind of like going in to some of that stuff that really matters, that really takes, that I want to take the time to do. So look carefully. Okay, again, this is what Ephesians is saying. Be, be, be careful with your time. Make the best use of time. Don't be foolish. And here's the fourth one, that we need to understand what the will of the Lord is. That's a, again, this is just all talking about our time. We need to understand the will of the Lord. So for me, for my life and for my family and my marriage, and, and honestly, everybody, this is everything I do revolves around this one thing. Like this number four is my number one. That if you wanna know the secret sauce of my life and it's not perfect or my marriage and it's not perfect or how we raise our kids, it's not perfect, but this is the key to my whole life. Understanding God is, is the key to understanding my life. I'm just telling you right now personally. Understanding God is the key to understand my life. And I don't know about you, but when I actually say that I wanna understand God to understand my life, I gotta get to know who God is. In order to trust God with my whole life, I have got to make a plan to get to know God because he is really big. Sometimes he's hard to understand and sometimes I really gotta understand and figure it out. So that's every day of my life. I have to know to get God, get to know God every day. I got to set aside a little bit of time every day to get to know him. And here's what I do. I don't, I, we can talk, sometimes we do entire sermon series, sermons on this and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make this very complicated. I get up, I get my Bible out, I read a verse or a chapter and I pray. That's it. That's what I do. I, I don't want to make it any more complicated than that. I, that that's what I got to do. Gang, this thing right here, this thing right here is the key to the time of your life. In fact, this is so important that Jesus actually made a principle that if we follow and if we really trust God, that he says something about every other thing that's going on in our life. Like we look, if, like right now, there's just this list going on in your life. All the things you gotta take care of. And Andy, I know you gotta make margins. I don't see where we do it. I don't see how I can get all this stuff done. I can't say yes to anything. I know what's going on in your mind. But there is a principle that Jesus shared because he knows us. He, by the way, he knows us really well. And he's like, I'm gonna tell you something about your time. And I'm telling you, if you trust God in this one area of your life and this one thing, everything else will fit into place and you'll find the space and the, of what you're looking for and you will find everything else will fit in. And he says, so one day he was talking about your time and he says, it's really profound what he says. Here's what he says about your time. He says, but seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What thing? Everything. What, like, and so what's he mean? He's like, well, earlier in the scripture, he said, man, you know, you got to get stuff to eat. You know, you got to get clothes on your back. You know, you got to get the kids here and the kids, you got all this stuff going on where life really needs to happen. He's saying all that stuff, all these things will be added to you. That they, those of you who are in this category, this is what he's saying, everybody, who fully believe God, who fully have, have come over to uh, uh, an understanding of Jesus Christ and that you've, you surrender your life over to Christ, that if we prioritize God first, because not everybody's doing this, here's what he's saying. You got to get this key that if you put God first in your day, in your time, that if you arrange yourself and your calendar and your to-dos to be about God first always, then there is a promise given by Jesus that all the other things you worry about, 
Oh, everything. He's saying, what, what about, yes, everything else will get, listen, done. That's what he says. That if you get your priorities right, then you will have this ability to find and fit every single thing else into your life. It's a promise. It's a promise. And it, here's what I'm gonna tell you, everybody. This isn't an issue of order. Like this isn't like a rubbing the genie on the bottle. This is an issue of trust. And, and I wanna tell you something. The order does matter, but I'm telling you trust is the key in what Jesus said in order for the, the principle and the promise to follow in the principle that we follow. So let me just ask, I'm gonna ask you, if you're here and, and you're a follower of Jesus, I'm gonna ask you a question. Have you made a decision to trust that, what we just looked at? Have you drawn a line in the sand of your life to say, I'm gonna make knowing God and his will the number one top priority in my life? That he is that important in my life and I'm gonna believe and I'm gonna trust what he just said with that principle and the promise it delivers that everything else will follow if I just make him first in everything in my life. That not just by saying it, but by actually doing it. Every day, no excuses. I'm not flipping a coin when I wake up that I'm actually making this in order. I'm trusting that over time, listen, over time, that it will become the habit and the promise will happen if I'm going all in on that. Because if you're taking notes, this is the last one that we're gonna put in here. Here it is. But this is, this, and I'm just asking, do you trust this? Do you trust this before you write this down? I want you to ask yourself, do I trust this? Because to accomplish everything in time, I have to give God time first. Because God says there's a promise that happens if you believe and trust in me enough. So, so what would it look like for you, I'm just asking, to give God the first moments of your day? How you doing there? How you doing there, everybody? How are you doing in that, in that principle and the promise? I'm just asking. If you're here and you're a Christian, man, you gotta figure that out. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you're here and you're new to faith and you're like, man, I'm new to figuring this out. If, if there's any piece of advice you could give me, any, what would it be to kind of experience God more and, and make God, I'm telling you, this is it. If you make God the first priority of your every day, I guarantee you will experience God way more in your life. If you just, over time, those results will actually come through in your life. So if you're here and you're new to faith, that's it. That's the key. That's the secret sauce of living this life with God. Just make God your priority every day. So, so here's what I'm gonna tell you. This, and we just went through that scripture. This is something all of us can do and apply right now. We look carefully, right? We look carefully. We, we make the best use of our time. We don't be foolish. And, and all, not all foolish things are bad, but we can't be foolish with everything we do. And we gotta understand God's will. Because here's what I wanna tell you, everybody, as, as we close. Here's what I wanna tell you. Do you know what probably doesn't happen when somebody's on their deathbed? That they don't say, man, I really wish I worked more. Man, I really wish I uh, had less downtime with the family. We gotta create this space, everybody. We gotta create this margin because that's the stuff that matters. That's the stuff that we work for. That's the stuff that we go after. And God is saying, I don't want your life to be on that margin, to be on that limit every day of your life. If you trust me, if you trust me, if you do what I say, then I'm telling you, your life will matter and you will go after the things that matter and you will have a full life, then I promise you. So I wanna do something in uh, this morning to remember about today's life. If you're on this end of the rows like we do communion, if you can grab a basket and, and, and grab a bean. Don't eat it, uh, Fingers are gonna be all over by the time it gets there anyways. I wouldn't trust that bean for one second. But everybody get a bean and pass it on down. And, and they're big enough where I want you to do something with this bean, okay, as we pass these down. I want you to, to take this and I want you to think about with this bean in the video and all the stuff we talked about, the days of your life. All right, and I want you to take this bean and put it somewhere. Put it in your office, put it in your car, put it somewhere where you can just look at it and just remember what God says in Ephesians 5. Remember what he says in Psalm 90, where it's like, man, we gotta really think about the days of our life. And to think about maybe, because here's what I wanna challenge you, okay? You know, maybe it's time for some of you right now, everybody. Maybe it's time that you really do need to sit down and have a conversation. 
that you know that this isn't just a season thing, that, that this is your life and you have to be done with it. It's time to make some change, some serious change in your life. And that starts with a conversation. Maybe it starts with a family sit down, everybody, that we're like, guys, we love you, but we're doing too much stuff for you. We gotta say no. We, got, we gotta figure this out. We gotta take a different path. We gotta live a different way because we gotta change something. We gotta find that space between our to-dos and what really, and getting on that limit because we wanna do, go after what really matters. And, and maybe that's not you. Maybe your pace is okay. Maybe your life is in a different place. I still wanna challenge you to kind of look at your life and to say, all right, God, how can I actually be living more for you? And to take that being to think about the days of your life. We all have these limits. We all have what's going on. So I wanna challenge you to ask these questions too and see where you can make a change. And I really think that you'll be blessed to do that and go over this exercise in Ephesians 5. Paul says, you need to be very careful be very careful how you live. Think about how you ought to live. Be wise, make some decisions, talk about it, ask the right questions. Don't assume you're going after the right things just because you can name them. Look at your time and see if you can actually understand like where it's going. Talk about it, understand how to live your life and that you need to trust God in order to order it right, right? Let's pray and ask God to help us. God, we thank you for meeting us in this place today. With things like this, like it's easy to talk about, um, and it's just, it's a little bit more challenging to actually have a conversation about after the, after the fact. So help us, have, help us have the words to talk about with our family if we need to talk about this. Help us to understand our limits. Help us to look at what we're doing with our time uh, and give us, give us that wisdom that we need. Show us the wisdom to determine what's important, what's right, what you want us to go after because you do want us to go after a life that matters and a life worth living. So we love you. Help us in the name of Jesus that we pray with this problem that's going on in so many of our lives. We love you and we just trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, it's been a great place to be this morning, everybody. Don't forget to grab that handout on beans and rice. Bring that back with you next Sunday and we will talk about the next problem that all of us have. All right, we'll see you next Sunday.